Welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Hello, friends. Today, we have an awesome, incredible topic, and today it is a topic that comes from a listener uh, from the Instagram world, from the world of Instagram. And she DM'd me and she was like, Christy, can you please talk about this? And it was a such a hot button topic that I'm like, hell yes, let's do this. Because I have had many clients in this realm. So we're talking about managing uh, diseases or complications or medical issues or allergies like PCOS, uh, being pre-diabetic, having diabetes, uh, working with a food allergy, maybe you're working with a gluten sensitivity or maybe you actually have full-blown celiac, Uh, maybe you have a dairy allergy, something in your world to where you're like, listen, this food doesn't make me feel good or eating this group of foods over here, this AKA quote unquote healthy food group over here is gonna make me feel better. My doctor is telling me to eat more of this and less of this. How do I do it without dieting? How do I do it without going back into this world of strict eating and black or white thinking of I'm either on or I'm off. I can only have this, I can only have that, right? So I wanna talk about how to make this manageable, all right? Because a lot of times, let's, let's be honest, we go into the doctor and uh, I've had so many clients tell me, listen, Christy, I, I don't even wanna go into the doctor's office because all they're gonna do is tell me to lose weight and I have an unhealthy relationship with food. Some of my clients are like, I have active eating disorders. Like I, I when I diet, I go back to that. And it's, it's hard for me to count calories or stick with a certain food list or a group of foods because I become obsessive with it. So a lot of my clients turn to intuitive eating, balanced eating, mindful eating, whatever you wanna call it. And I wanna talk about how to apply some tools or tactics to help you manage your uh, PCOS symptoms, to help reduce inflammation, to help you manage your blood sugar levels, to help you, um, you know, either stay away from gluten or, you know, if it makes you feel really bad inside when you eat it, but you absolutely love the taste of it, you know, let's talk about that too, of how to actually apply a balanced eating approach to where you are eating foods that make you feel good and that are helping your situation rather than hurting it without counting or tracking or sticking with this list of good or bad foods, right? So let's start with this. Most of my clients that come to me, they might have uh, a condition like PCOS or diabetes or be, you know, maybe their doctor is saying that they're pre-diabetic. And the whole goal of both of those conditions is to uh, regulate and basically improve your insulin sensitivity, right? And especially with PCOS, we're talking about also reducing inflammation because that's a whole big part of it as well. And even when we talk about somebody with celiac, my my son has celiac disease. We found out when he was 18 months old, he, was, he had a very, very severe case of it. And uh, something like that changed our whole world upside down in like 24 hours. So this is something that we can talk about to help you manage it and help you improve it. But you also have to know that if your goal is to manage these symptoms, reduce your inflammation, to help level out your blood sugars, to help you uh, live in a world where 
all foods can fit in amounts that feel good to you, right? Like if you're a, a pre-diabetic and you're like, listen, I want that donut so bad, but I can't have that donut. And by not having that donut, if that's just going to lead you into a huge binge at the end of the day, because you didn't have what you actually wanted, which was the donut, then I think that's being in a worse situation than actually going through this journey and trying things out and, and figuring things out for yourself. So let's walk into this world. Let's talk about how your main goal at the end of this is intuitive eating, right? Like after every diet, I always say this, I think it's so funny. Every diet, right? Oh, you're not going to be on this diet forever, right? Whole 30. Well, after the 30 days, then you slowly start adding in, you know, those foods back in that you love. And well, what happens then? Well, you start adding it in, but you're eating more fruits and vegetables and you're eating more whole foods and you just have it every now and then. That's literally what intuitive eating is, right? The whole goal of macros is for you to understand portion sizing and wow, that's actually bigger than I thought it was. And oh, wow, maybe if I do this or that, um, you know, if I keep counting every day, you know, I, I don't want to do that every day. I want to be able to live my life. I want to go out to a restaurant and make a smart decision and feel satisfied walking out of that restaurant without feeling like totally stuffed or like I'm hungry 20 minutes later, right? So the whole goal of it is to do the macros, understand it, and then eventually slip out of the macro counting because you don't want to do it for the rest of your life and eventually you'll just have that knowledge and you'll become an intuitive eater so the whole goal of everybody is to become an intuitive eater so you know my guess is that you yourself have been on diets for your entire life probably decades if not more and you're like listen i've been on all the diets i know what's going on i know about this diet and that diet i know all the rules i know everything about it but i can't stick to it i cannot stick with these diets so forcing yourself to go back to that diet um because you know let's say you just got diagnosed with pcos um and you're just like listen I'm supposed to stay away from these really sugary, high-carb foods, uh, processed foods. I have to eat clean, more vegetables, fruits, protein. So at that point in time, you are like, all right, I'm just going to go back to Whole30 or I'm going to try macro counting again and you know, try and get some, some variety in there, right? I can eat anything I want as long as I stay within these points or macros or whatever it is. Well, what this does is it puts us into that all or nothing thinking. And then what happens when life hits? What happens when you get sick? What happens when you have a vacation coming up? Or what happens when you have that event you have to go to and you can't bring your prepackaged food or anything like that? So I want you to live in a world where you can enjoy food. I want you to live in a world where you don't have to follow lists of good or bad foods. Instead, you know instinctively how much to eat, when to stop eating, and you know how to honor your hunger and respect your fullness, as they say in the intuitive eating world. So. Intuitive eating in end, balanced eating, I said mindful eating, whatever you want to call it, it's a skill. It's a learned skill. It's nothing that you're going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, Christy, I'm cured. Thank you. Bye-bye. Like, that's not going to happen. All right? What's going to happen is you take these principles and the tools that I'm going to give you and the steps that I'm going to give you to help you manage this. And what you're going to do is it's going to help you move through your day with some structure, with some ease so that you have a target and you have something that you're moving towards or that you're going to, right? I've been telling my clients for a while now, um, and actually we just had our, our Master's Academy class last night. The Master's Academy is for my uh, advanced clients who have healed their relationship with food, ended binge eating, and now they're looking to add in more 
nutritional structure. They're at looking to, you know, add in um, structure without dieting, without counting or tracking. Um, maybe they have goals or they want to actually go, you know, lift more weights or they want to become stronger. Like this is how they do it. We create a structured plan for them. But like I said, it's for my advanced clients, but we have a, a bi-monthly I'm sorry, we have a bi-weekly mastermind call. And I told them on the call last night that it's like if I were to give you Nerf darts, right? And I have two boys, so this is clearly there's Nerf darts everywhere in my house. But if I were to give you Nerf dart, a Nerf dart and say, okay, throw it at the target. And you were like, Christy, where's, where's the target? Like you don't know what you're throwing it at, right? And this is why it's so good to have clarity and a clear vision of what you want to actually happen. So that's what we're going to do during this podcast episode is we're going to help you basically create this vision, your target, so that you know where to shoot. And hey, when you throw that dart the first time, you might not get it. You might miss that target completely. You might hit the window. You might accidentally hit your dog. Thank God it's a nerf dart. But you might miss and that's okay because the more that you try, the better you're going to get. You're going to realize, oh wow, I've really got to throw my arm straighter. I've got to make sure I do that flick of the wrist. I got to make sure I have a nice, easy arm. I can't be so stiff. You know, you're going to learn all these different ways not to do it before you actually do it. So in that sense, I want you to fail. I want you to, okay, let me try again. Okay. Let me try again because failure struggle. That's where you're going to learn the most. It's not from the sunshine and rainbows of hitting the target. Every time you don't learn shit from that. What's going to happen is you're finally going to be able to Like, no, okay, if I stand here, if I get this motion going, I'll be able to hit that. But you only know that because of all the times that you missed it. You get what I'm saying? Okay, so let's move on here. So now that we know that this isn't going to happen overnight, and this is a skill, and it's a learned skill, and we're going to practice this, I want you to start this process slow, okay? You're going to want to be like, okay, every meal I'm going to do this, every meal I'm going to do that, and da-da-da-da-da. No, start slow. Start maybe tomorrow for a couple of days with just breakfast. Okay, for just breakfast, I'm going to focus on A, B, and C, all right? And then move to, all right, I'm feeling good with breakfast. It's becoming an automated response. Now I'm going to move to lunch. All right, now I'm going to try that with lunch. And you're going to find a whole new set of obstacles there because it's a different time of day. You likely have a different schedule there. You likely have different things going on like work or school or something like that that's surrounding lunchtime and it's not just at the beginning of the day right when you wake up. So as far as that goes, I really want you to start slow. And I want you to think of this as a marathon, not a sprint, right? So when we start putting these tools into work, all right? Really think about, did I move forward even 1%? Did I even get just that much better? Because that's what's going to happen is you're going to take these tools and you're going to implement them and slowly move the dial, but that dial is moving. So don't think that just because it's moving slowly that it's not working. Slow sticks, all right? So number one, Let's get to this. I know you're like, Christy, go, let's go. All right, let's go. So number one, I want you to eat more consistently. So a lot of times what I've noticed is people that are looking to lose weight or trying to avoid certain foods or eating out. I see this a lot with the crew that I hang with, um, you know, my, my golf crew or tennis crew or anything like that is that a lot of times, um, you know, they won't eat 
because it's either we're out at a restaurant or it's like, man, uh, I'm going to wait till I get home and eat what I actually want. But then, you know, the day gets going and all of a sudden we're here, we're there, da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden you haven't eaten all day. So what happens when you don't eat is your body starts to slow down. And what I mean by your body starts to slow down, uh, your metabolism starts to slow down, right? Because it's trying to conserve energy. So that you're slowing down metabolism. When you start eating consistently, your body starts to say, oh, wow, she's actually feeding us consistently. Like, this is fine. So it will actually rev up to consume and to uh, break down all those nutrients and to send them to all the cells and the proteins and you know, create ATP and energy and all that good stuff that our body needs. I mean, just for us to blink and grow nails and grow our hair, I we need energy. We need AKA calories. So start thinking of calories as energy, all right? And even just to sit and watch Netflix all day for our body to breathe and for our blood to circulate, for our toes to wiggle, for us to get up and go to the bathroom, we need energy. We need calories to do that. So even when you're just sitting down, you need more calories than you think. So in that same token, when we start eating more, our body now becomes more consistent and it will rev up your metabolism because it's like, oh, well, she's going to feed us again soon. So I'm just going to eat again. What happens when you don't eat or you think, oh, wow, we're at a bar. Um, I'm just going to skip eating, blah, 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 blah. Your blood sugar actually gets really dysregulated. Okay, which is not good for PCOS or diabetes or uh, for any allergy or for eating or for anything whatsoever in the world. Okay, and again, there's differences within socioeconomic statuses. Uh, I'm talking about you know the people that have readily access to food, like you have access to food immediately, right? Um, which if you're listening to this podcast, you, you might be in that situation where we're very lucky to have food at our fingertips or to walk up into our fridge and have an abundance of food up there, right? So when we don't eat because we choose not to, because we want to lose weight, because we want to, we think it's going to be better. And we think that, you know, if we skip this meal, then we'll be able to eat more at dinner. What happens is your blood sugar uh, lowers, it drops completely. And this is where you get that crash or all of a sudden you'll um, discover the fatigue syndromes, the the very silent types of hunger that aren't in a stomach growl. Um, like thinking about food all the time, that is your body's way of saying, hey, search for food, we need it. Or by reading the same paragraph over and over again, right? You're trying to write that email and you're like, oh, what, oh, what, oh, what? And you keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Or you get dizzy. Um, I start getting shaky and I know I have low blood sugar. And what happens then is your body does not want the fast, uh, it does not want the slow digesting brown rice and avocado, right? The, the clean eating, the whole foods. It wants the fast digesting ice cream. It, get me that chocolate, get me that white bread, get me all that. And not to say that that food is bad, but this is exactly what's creating most of that inflammation. Now we have this intensity around food where we have to find food now and whatever we find, we're gonna eat it and we're gonna eat it all. And likely when you get to that point when you haven't eaten since breakfast and it's dinner or you haven't eaten all day and it's dinner time, not only have you now slowed down your metabolism, but now your blood sugar has completely plummeted. And now you're gonna eat anything. You're gonna eat the pizza in front of you. You're gonna eat 
eat the ice cream in front of you. You're going to eat the, the little mini candies that are right in front of you in the bowl, right? And you don't care how many, you just need to eat because you're starving at this point. So not only does not eating or eating inconsistently throughout our day uh, actually make things worse, but it increases our intensity around food because biologically we're designed to find food and to find it fast, right? We are designed to eat. We need we need food. We need fuel. We need the energy. We need the calories, right? So your body is designed to survive overall. It doesn't care about your feelings. It doesn't care about anything else. Your body at the end, at the, at the like core of its being is do, designed to survive. So that's why, um, you know, your adrenaline kicks in. You know, if you see a dog running after you, like, you know, I can't run a mile. You will run a mile if there is like a rabid dog running after you. Right? So that's why we're biologically built to think about food so much and to find food and to be food because we we literally have to have food to survive. So we're focused on survival. So your body is just reacting in a way that's trying to keep you alive. I mean, you can't blame it for that, right? So not only does your body know that it's getting fed consistently now, if you eat consistently, what I mean by that is it's normal to be hungry every two to four hours, okay? Like if you eat, and I'm not saying, oh, now you have to have six small meals a day and da-da-da-da-da, because I used to do that, and oh my gosh, I was always, like, I would eat, and then 20 minutes later, I'd be like, when is my next meal? I can't have, I can't eat again until two more hours. I'm so hungry. And I would think about food so much, right? I'm saying, I want you to think about your three core meals, okay? And whether you're a breakfast eater or not, I want you to actually start eating breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner, okay? And if it's okay, hey, some clients I have, they're just naturally, they don't like to eat in the morning and that's okay. They're like, but is this fasting? I'm like, you know what? You got to do what's right for your body. And if you just like are repulsed by food in the morning, then you know what? Eat a little bit later. I have some clients that wake up at eight. They don't eat breakfast till 11. It's totally okay. But expect to have, you know, all that food that you would have from let's say 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., expect to have all that in a smaller window, okay? So a lot of people are like, oh, but I'm eating too much and I'm, I'm hungry an hour after a full breakfast. I'm like, well, because you waited a little bit longer, your body is naturally going to balance itself out. It's always going to want that same amount of food, whether you feed it at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. So it's your choice, but don't think that you're overeating. It's just your body trying to catch up for the day, okay? So whatever that means for you, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? And have a full breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All right. And also looking through my notes here, making sure I've got everything. This is going to help you manage your cravings. Okay. This is going to help you realize that, wow, since I ate a full breakfast, that donut that those people brought in, I may only need a bite or, you know, a couple bites or even half, but then I'm good. I can put it away because I know I can have more later, right? This donut is never going away. Um, and to have that, that, thought in your head that this food is never going away. I can always have more later. It's different than, okay, you have PCOS. You can only eat from this list, right? You can only eat from this. Do not eat from this list. It is a bad list. So now we're starting to think of the and in both, right? I can have a donut, but I'm going to add this to it instead of I can either have a donut or I can either have uh, an omelet, right? Like you can have both. And I want you to start thinking that way. So the next tool that you're going to have in your toolbox, so number one is to eat consistently. Number two, think variety at your meals. Okay, so now that we have our three core meals, I want you to start building your plate. And at 
In the notes section of this podcast episode, I have a free plate building system for binge eaters, and this will work for all of you that do have PCOS, uh, pre-diabetic, diabetes, uh, food allergies, anything like that, because you can do this in your own way. It's kind of like a um, choose your own adventure type uh type PDF. So it's free. You can download it. And uh, I made this for you and it gives you some ideas in there as well, some meal ideas so that you have that. So when you think variety, like we talked about earlier, so, okay, a coworker brought in donuts and now you're like, okay, I shouldn't have the donut. Uh, Oh my gosh, it's going to raise my blood sugar levels. I can't have it. I can't have it. Can't have it. So I don't want you to think I can't have it. What I want you to think is I can have it and I'm going to add something to it right? So let's say you didn't eat breakfast. All right. Somebody brought in donuts and you're like, Oh, great. And you're like, Hey, I've been at, you know, Starbucks is next door. I was going to go grab a latte or whatever. Donut and a latte sounds great. So what can we add to it? I want you to think, okay, for breakfast, if you're having that donut, can you add protein to it? Right? Can you add fiber to it? Can you add something green to it? Okay? So it's not that you can't have the donut, but let's add something to it to help digest uh, all of that that donut, right? So if you think about it, protein is going to help satiate you. Fiber, that's a whole other part we're going to go into here in a little bit. So many good parts about the fiber, but it's actually going to help process the sugar. If you notice, nature is not dumb. Uh, it puts a lot of anything with sugar in it, pairs it with fiber. Okay. So if you think about fruits, yes, fruits have sugar, but they also have fiber in them. That's because fiber is not actually digestible. If you think of fiber, it's actually like a sponge that goes through your system and almost scrapes out kind of kind of like a spongy brush that scrapes out everything in your uh, intestines and then comes out as poop. Hey, our bodies are amazing. So when the sugar actually helps activate, it's almost like giving you a cup of coffee and energizing yourself. So like I said, nature knows how to pair its stuff. It knows what to do. So when you do that, let's think about this. So have a donut, about to go to Starbucks and get a latte. I haven't had breakfast yet. I know that donut is not going to make me feel good. Plus I'm going to be hungry 20 minutes later because let's face it, a donut tastes good, but it's not that satiating, right? Satiating different from satisfying, meaning satisfying, you're satisfied, you're happy, you're content. Satiating means you're full and you want no more. So when we talk about that, let's go to Starbucks. Okay. But let's get that, uh, that, what do they have? Like an egg spinach wrap. It's got like eggs and it's got spinach in it. And then it's got the whole wheat wrap, right? We've got our protein. We've got our spinach, something green. And then we've got our whole wheat wrap, right? So now we've paired this donut with our, our Starbucks wrap, right? And now we're going to eat the wrap because that's our actual breakfast. Donut is the cherry on top, pun intended. Okay. And now maybe once you eat that, uh, that wrap, now you're like, wow, I actually just needed a couple bites of that donut and then I'm good. Plus I always think, yay, I have second dessert later. So now you took that whole donut that you would have eaten earlier and now you're spreading it out throughout the day. Now, most people say, well, Christy, isn't that just adding more calories? A donut's like 200 some calories usually. And that protein, that wrap was probably way more. I'm like, yes, but what's going to happen is you may be eating more calories. And I don't want you to be afraid to eat more at meals because I want this meal to hold you over until your next meal. Okay. So think about it. Will that donut hold you over to lunch? 
For me, no, hell no. I'd be hungry 20 minutes later, probably eating another donut, then feeling like absolute shit. It would be awful. So when I pair it with that, not only am I getting in the nourishment from the protein, the fiber, uh, from that wrap, something green, and I'm getting the satisfaction, right? Something that tastes good from the donut, I'm also getting a taste texture difference. Variety, okay? So now I'm getting in the the lovely, uh, you know, savory, warm, comforting wrap, but then I'm also getting in that donut that tastes good with the sugar and, um, you know, a cakey donut, who doesn't love that, right? The frosting, the sprinkles. I am like a five-year-old when I choose donuts. I'm like, give me the one with the frosting and the sprinkles. So I want you to start thinking, what can I add instead of what can I take away? Because you actually need to eat more at your meals. My guess is that if you were to eat more at breakfast and lunch, because my guess is you eat less at breakfast and lunch to save up for dinner or to try and be good throughout the day, I'm doing air quotes, um, that you would actually eat less and you would binge less because you're not pulling that arrow back. So so when I say pulling the arrow back, I think about binge eating. If I'm, okay, gotta be good, I'm only gonna have yogurt for breakfast. I'm pulling this arrow back of binge eating because under eating causes overeating. And then when I say, okay, I'm just gonna have coffee and then that salad with chicken and no dressing for lunch, then I'm pulling that arrow back even more, even more. And by the time dinner comes, this arrow is pulled back so far because I've restricted myself so much because I can't eat this and I can't eat that and I've restricted myself to like balls deep, right? I've restricted myself so much. This arrow is pulled so far back. I cannot pull it back anymore. By the time dinner rolls around, you have to let that arrow go. It flies straight into binge city, okay? And that's what happens. So if you ate more during the day, you would eat less during the night. I want you to start trying that. I had a client that she goes, Christy, I have such a busy day at work. And we just talked about this last week with her. She's in my advanced academy and she's like, I, um, eating a good breakfast. I ate a good lunch, but she goes, we have lunch at like 11 and I don't get home till five. She goes, I am starving by the time I get home. And she goes, I can't, I, I, I can't like, you know, have a snack. She's, um, uh, nursing she's going, she's going to be a PA. And she's just like, we are so crazy busy around the floor. I don't, you know, even have time to do anything. So I'm like, all right, let's try this. I had her take like cliff bars or something that she liked and that she enjoyed. I am such an old lady. And I told her to get the oatmeal raisin cliff bars because I love oatmeal raisin anything, but they are so freaking good. The peanut butter ones are amazing too. And usually people would be scared of that. They're like, oh, look at all that calories. Nope. Da da da. All the energy. But I had her eat one on the way home. She's like, okay, it's like a 20 minute drive. So she ate it. And by the time she got home for dinner, she was still hungry. She could eat. She was so hungry that she could definitely eat something afterward. But now that she got that intensity out of the way, now that she fulfilled, she satiated herself, she satisfied herself with that cliff bar on the way home, knowing she was going to make more food, her, her intensity around food calmed down. And now she was like, I, I wanted vegetables. I wanted to make that salad. I wanted to make that, that plate of protein and veggies because she goes, I had gotten in my fix of that, you know, um, that satisfaction, the sugar, the, the, you know, kind of cakey bread bar that cliff bars are. So trying different things, eating, you know, before dinner, I, I do that a lot. I, sometimes I'll eat dessert before dinner because I'm like, okay, I am, I don't want to plow through my dinner 
just, and not even taste it, eat it in five minutes, inhale it just so I could get to the dessert, right? If I have a little bit of that dessert beforehand, likely I don't even need dessert after because I satiated and satisfied that intensity. Okay. That is what I call binge relief. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you're, you're caught in the sea of binge eating and I'm throwing out your life raft. Like this is going to keep you afloat until you can get to the ship, right? This is going to, this little snack is going to keep you afloat until you can get to dinner time or your next meal. All right. So now that we talked about adding variety, I want you to think about a couple different things. Okay. Within this, when we talk about adding variety to your plate, and again, this does not have to be perfect. Again, focus on it just for breakfast, then focus on it just for lunch, and then slowly start adding it in. Um, I don't want you to think, oh, I missed one of them. It's done. It's gone. I have to try again tomorrow. No, no. Try again the next meal and just focus on what you missed on the next meal. So I want you, when you're thinking about adding variety, to add protein. Okay, where is my protein? Because let's think about it. Likely, you already have something in mind that um, is like satiating or, or satisfying, excuse me. So yeah, I'm like, oh man, sometimes at lunchtime, I really want macaroni and cheese. So I'm like, all right, Christy, you could totally have it. Um, let's see what else you can add to it. Cool, I'm gonna add protein. Sometimes I'm gonna add in tuna fish to my to my macaroni and cheese and it makes it like a macaroni and cheese salad. It's a macaroni and cheese kind of dish, whatever it is. Um, and other times I'll, I'll roll up deli turkey meat and I'll literally eat like, you know, the rolled up turkey meat with my macaroni and cheese. Okay. And then I like to always have something green on my plate or some kind of vegetable. Um, to me, my plate really isn't complete without something green, green, but this is something that I've learned. It's a skill that I've adopted. Even my husband knows, um, he's like, I chopped up some cucumbers for you because even if we're having spaghetti or something like that, I just like something green. Not only is it visually appealing to me because it adds color fullness to my plate, but also what it does is it gives me a different texture, right? I have that warm, comforting spaghetti, and now I want that cold, refreshing um, cucumber. It's going to add variety and texture differences, which actually attribute to your satiety and feeling full and feeling satisfied with your meals. So um, when we talk about that, we're going to add in protein. I like to usually try and add in something with fiber in it. Um, so that could be a, a vegetable or a fruit, or sometimes, I mean, it could even be like, uh, you know, whole wheat noodles, or sometimes it could be whole wheat bread. Sometimes I'll make a sandwich and I'll just put my turkey on the sandwich on whole wheat bread. And I, you know, if I want to add spinach, if I'm having the tuna and the macaroni and cheese, sometimes I'll add spinach to the tuna and the macaroni and cheese and just make a big bowl out of it. And, um, other times what I'll do is I will, uh, I make this green dip. It's my green dip that broke the internet. <laughs> um, I will put the link down and then show notes as well for that too, but it's Greek yogurt, um, ranch seasoning packet. And, um, I usually add whatever kale or spinach is left over. That's about to go bad in it too. Uh, lemon juice and yeah, I said Greek yogurt, ranch seasoning packet, uh, and an avocado and a little bit of lime or lemon juice and put that in a bullet and it's like the best veggie dip ever. Or um, I just talked to my same client about this, is at Trader Joe's they have a everything but the bagel Greek yogurt, like Greek yogurt dip. It is phenomenal. And if you dip uh, uh, sugar snap peas in there, holy moly, thank me later. It is freaking delicious. Okay. So when we add variety, like I said, something with protein, something with fiber, something, um, 
with something green or vegetables, something like that, right? Uh, and then I always think too, if I'm having trouble remembering those, do I have three to five colors on my plate, right? Uh, I try and make things colorful. Even if I buy the carrots, I'll buy the colorful carrots because I think they're cute and adorable. I personally, I like things that look cute and pretty and colorful. Like when I make a dish or when I eat, I usually eat out of my kids' bowls because they're colorful and they're like, I'll mix, you know, a, take a, one of their forks or something like that. Um, not only does it help me uh, to like help with portion sizing too, but it's a built-in check-in point. All right, Christy, if you want more, you can have more, but if you finish this, check in with yourself, go change the laundry, do what you gotta do, and then come back and then see if you want more. It's a built-in check-in point when you have a smaller dish. Not to say that, you know, you always have to do that, but it's just something that I've learned to do along the way. But I also want to make sure that, hey, Christy, don't forget, um, it's noon, you're eating lunch, and you're not going to have dinner until 6 o'clock. So either eat more now or know that you're going to have what I call fourth meal, which is like a small snack in between um lunch and dinner. And usually it's not just a piece of string cheese or a couple almonds, like freaking four almonds. Who that is that? Four almonds makes me pissed off, okay? That is not a snack. Uh, I'll usually have one of those Sargento's fast breaks. You know, it comes with the cheese and the dried fruit or the crackers or something. Or I'll have a small bowl of cereal to hold me over until dinner time. And so I'll do that as well. So again, it's, it's all up to you. This is all what you need and what's going to work for you, but still think variety, okay? Um, number three on the list is I want you to think about adding in omega-3s, okay? Omega-3s, our bodies actually cannot produce, so we have to get it from outside sources. Omega-3s are an incredible source of anti-inflammatory like goodness, okay? So if you want to reduce inflammation, either taking an omega-3 supplement if you don't get enough of them in, but eating it through your food is always a great idea too. So we talked about, you know, um, some great resources for omega-3s are eggs, oats, fish, any kind of fish, uh, walnuts, edamame, chia seeds, leafy greens, beans, legumes, anything like that. So, you know, oats, I love oats. I'll throw them into my shake sometimes. You know, leafy greens, kale, spinach, I'll throw that into my shakes too. Um, the chia seeds, I'll throw that in there. Sometimes if I'm having like yogurt or yogurt parfait or anything, I'll add chia seeds on top. Beans, legumes, a lot of times if I need like a quick dinner, uh, I'll just make taco bowls and the base will be beans and rice. It'll be brown rice and um, pinto beans or kidney beans or something like that. Black beans. Um, you could do anything like that and then just, you know, grill up some chicken or uh, buy the Costco pre-made chicken, which is what I do. And unthaw that and add some veggies on top, add canned corn, add, um, you know, sour cream or Greek yogurt for your sour cream, whatever you want to do. And, you know, get it in that way. Um, like I said, tuna fish, I always think about that. So I do my best. Again, I'm not perfect at it. Uh, last week, definitely didn't do it, but I try to get in um, three sources of fish or high omega-3 um, foods in per week. And for me, that's that's what works for me. And on the days I don't take it, then I don't have it, then I'll take my supplements. So it's up to you guys. I want you to really work with this, but really think about adding in those omega-3s when you can, all right? Um, and then the next thing too, number four, high fiber, adding in fiber, okay? So I want you to think about this as well, um, that fiber keeps blood sugar stable and 
what's going to help you stay healthy and keep your body healthy, especially with PCOS, with diabetes, um, being pre-diabetic, or even with allergies, anything like that, is that keeping a steady blood sugar, meaning blood sugar is when, um, this is how I describe low blood sugar. It's like the feeling I get when I have it, it's like when I was in high school and took a gas station caffeine pill. Like it didn't make me energetic. It made me like jittery in a really bad way. And I was like, and I was anxious and it was awful. Like the worst experience, a terrible headache. It was awful. And that's how I feel when my blood sugar gets low and your blood sugar gets low from not eating or uh, not eating enough variety of the foods that you need too. So this often um, contributes to that 3 p.m. crash, you know, that we all have. Uh, Thanks five hour energy commercials for letting us know about that and reminding us about that. But high fiber also helps support your blood sugar and insulin levels, right? Plus, you're going to notice if you, next time you go to the store, I want you to take um, white bread and I want you to take uh, like a high fiber, whole wheat, whatever bread with it too. I want you to compare the backs. And again, if nutrition labels trigger you, please don't do this, but look on the back and look at the amount of protein. You're going to find a little bit of protein in the white bread, but there is a significant amount more of protein in the whole wheat. Like in a whole wheat bagel, there's like eight to 10 grams of protein in it. Some of them even have 12. Uh, uh, so it's incredible. Like fiber, where there's fiber, there's usually usually a little bit of protein, um, especially when you get into the carbohydrate section or grains or anything like that. Um, and don't forget that there's fiber in vegetables and fruits. Like nature knows what it's doing. Remember that. So if you get in fiber, you're likely getting in a little bit of protein. Like even if you think about a broccoli, broccoli has a high amount of fiber for being a vegetable. And it's got um, a, a really nice amount of protein protein in it too, protein and fiber. So there's a lot that you can do and a lot of ways that you can make this work, right? So the takeaways, the key takeaways here that I want you to really focus on is think I can have both. Think and in both rather than either or. Instead of I can only have the bagel or I can only have uh, you know the yogurt parfait with protein in it or whatever. Why can't you have both, you know, or why can't you have half of the bagel and then the parfait or something like that? And when you are thinking about bagels or anything like that, when you can try getting the whole, the whole wheat or the high fiber version and see if you like it, because that could be a really great way to start introducing these into your world. Again, the fiber is going to level out your insulin levels. It's going to help you out, uh, help you manage the inflammation. It's going to help you. Um, I'm sorry. It's going to help you manage your blood sugar levels. And when you start adding in things like whole foods, um, you know, vegetables, fruits, protein, it's really going to help reduce that inflammation. And what you're going to notice is the more that you eat full rounded meals instead of these small two, 300 calorie meals that are bullshit, frankly, you're going to find that you're more satiated. You're thinking about food less and you're actually focused more. You have more energy. And when you're thinking about food in your body less, you are freeing up so much mental space because I guarantee you right now your mental mental real estate is being taken up by how do I look? I can't eat this. I can't eat that. What can I eat? What don't I eat? Blah, 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 blah. And could you imagine if that was removed and now you're just in this place of, oh my God, I can live my life. 
Like, I feel fine. I, I actually feel full. I actually, wow, she brought donuts and I didn't even want a donut. Like, it's it's going to come to that point, okay? So I really want you to focus on that. Focus on what you can add in. Remember, don't subtract, add. If you want that that candy bar, okay, do you do you have to have it all right now? Can you have can you save some and have it for second second dessert? And with half of that candy bar, what else can you add to it? Can you add it to your lunch and think, hey, eat it first. If you want to eat it first, freaking eat it first, okay? Um, there's no rule saying you have to eat it last. You know, don't hurry up through your meal just to get to that. Start to break the rules and see what works for you because in the diet culture world, in diet culture meaning, you know, we only think of healthy as being thin and small, um, in the diet culture world, there's a lot of arbitrary made up rules that we still follow to this day in our heads. Like even today, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Christy, should you really be using that much creamer in your coffee? And it was just an instant thought. And I'm like, hell yeah, I like the creamer. Like it works for me and we're doing this. All right. So don't forget, it's okay if you still have those thoughts, right? Like it doesn't mean that you're broken or you messed up or, you know, they're never truly going to be gone just because of the world that we live in, how society, you know, treats and, and views and focuses on the shape of health and the look of health rather than the mental state and the self-care act state of health. And it's okay if it's still there, but make sure that your second thought, because your first thought is always your most socially ingrained one, but your second thought is always going to be your growth thought. That is the thought that's going to help you change this narrative. It's going to help you create this new habit, okay, and follow that second thought, all right? So, my friends, um, I hope this helped you today. I hope that, you know, you learned a lot and kind of walked into this world thinking, yeah, I don't have to completely restrict myself, but there's ways that I can enjoy this food while still enjoying a nourishing meal with it, right? You don't have to take it away. All you have to do is add more to it. Okay. All right. So, uh, at the bottom of the episode here, the show notes, I have a lot of links in here for you. Number one, I want you to go download that plate builders, uh, PDF that I have for binge eaters. It's free. You don't have to buy anything, anything like that. I wanted to make it for you. So you have something to go off of. It's going to give you some snack ideas, some meal ideas, all that good stuff. And then if you from there, uh, want to schedule a end, end binge eating blueprint call with me. Um, this is what it would be like to work with me. Okay. Um, I will get on the phone with you for an hour. We will chat about your goals, your future, what you want, your past dieting history. I want to hear it all. And I'm going to help you, uh, build out a six plan step to end binge eating. And yes, I have a structured program built out for you if you decide to go with it, but either way, it's a win-win because you and I get to chat one-on-one and we get this time together, which is always so precious to me. Uh, but most importantly, you're going to come out with clarity. You're going to come out with structure. You're going to come out with a plan like, yes, A, B, C, D. So when I tell you to throw the dart, you're going to say, I know exactly where that target is. Okay. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. And until next time, intuitively strong out.